Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Carpajos, and with me today is Mr. Matt Germain, and we're going to talk about something dear to my heart, the Tampa Bay Rays. Matt, he, he's, he stays on top of all this. He's an analyst. He digs deep. He shares his insights with us on Twitter and throughout. And folks, if you really want to know what's going on with the Rays, not just at the top level, but all the way through, all the way down through the farms, Matt can tell us about it. So welcome, Matt. How you doing today, buddy? Excellent. Yourself? Man, I'm doing great. I've been watching my Rays and I'm thinking, oh, I've, I've been shuddering, you know. It, it's been scary. It's been exciting. And saying, like, turn on the TV and say, who are these guys? Well, I've never seen that name before. <laughs> and see, even with some of the pictures, I, I'm scratching my head and saying, what are they going to do? I, I, I don't know enough about the history. That's why I've invited you. <laughs> That there's there's so much going on with the AL beast right now. I mean, not just with us looking across right now. You, I mean, the Orioles, my gosh, nine games. I think nine games in a row, at least nine of the last 10, they have won. Where, where did they come from? Uh, I was talking to Nate at uh, Full Count Chaos, his podcast, and he's pretty excited right now. <laughs> yeah. About time we have something to get excited about, right? Oh, you know what? Those folks in Birdland, they've, they've needed it. Uh, you, we look at what's happening with the Blue Jays. I mean, my gosh, it was so sad. I know as of, I think, last night, before last night, they, they lost nine out of ten. Mm-hmm. And good gravy, Matt. I, I'm, I'm seeing that and I'm saying, what's happening? Well, I think part of that was looking back about a week and a half ago, there was a death in the family, so to speak. One of the uh, coaches on the team, his daughter passed. And I, I don't know what happened, and that's that's their business. But I know something like that can impact not just the management, the coaches, but, you know, the whole team. So I'm not saying that's part of it, but it, it can put a – it can change the mood of the team and what's going on. So maybe we can investigate a little bit more what's going on with them. But the, the sad thing was I'm seeing Charlie Montoya getting tossed. Wait a minute. What what does it take you know, to to get tossed? If you're you've got a five twenty three average right now, you're what you're uh, yes you're fifteen and a half games behind the Yankees, but there's the two guys in front of you only got, you're a game or a game and a half there. And and what do they do? They fire him. Yeah, I think the uh, the key thing with Montoya to remember is there are very few managers who start off their career as managers and stay with the same team for a long period of time. There's growing pains for managers just like there are for players. And I think what Charlie will take from this experience is that he needs to step back a little bit and not be everybody's best friend because it blurs your decision-making. It makes you feel for the player instead of look at the logic of the situation. And I think he fell a little bit into that trap not all the time, but but in some instances, you question some of the moves where you're like, okay, well, that doesn't really make sense. Is he just leaving him in, in there because he thinks that you know that player is is somebody he owes something to because uh-huh. he's playing so hard for him? Yada yada yada, that kind of stuff. Um, you look at Tony Larusa, Joe Madden, all these guys that have had really good managing careers. They've gone elsewhere and had success, and I don't doubt for a minute that uh, Charlie Montoya will will land on his feet somewhere. Uh, somebody will give him another shot. It might not be managing right away. It might be, but uh, I think that he's well liked enough across Major League Baseball that he'll he'll get that other shot. I'm sure he will as well. And I've heard that same uh, comment to folks that, well, you know, Charlie's just gotten soft. 
Mm. You know, we, we need we need a Mr. Madden in there to, to <laughs> shake things up. <laughs> I don't know about Madden, but I, I understand where you're at with that. I, I hate to think that's the case, but mm. I do get that sense when you get a sense of familiarity. I know in any kind of working relationship, they say a, a boss should be re- remain somewhat distanced from his employees, right. you know, because the day may come where he has to put the hammer down, you know, on him and say, you know, Jim, it's been nice working with you. I know we've had drinks every night, but uh, you're gone. And, oh. and it's, it's, it's difficult, but I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what, what happens with Charlie, but like yourself, I think he's definitely got a future and I'm hoping for great things for him in the future as well. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Yankees. Okay. Yankees. I'm, I guess I should be sick and tired of talking about these guys, but I enjoyed watching them last night. Yeah. Are you, because they lost in the ninth. <laughs> oh yeah. And how did they lose one? Well, they lost to the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah. And as a race fan, I can't say much about that right now, having been swept by them. Was it three games last week? But my gosh, that was one goofy, goofy game. I mean, you, you figure you got Garrett Cole. He goes out there and he delivers the goods. It's like, here it is. Here's the platter, guys. I've delivered the game to you. Now finish it up. And, and poor Clay Holmes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's something going on there. I don't know if it's – remember Chuck Knobloch had, had an issue where he started throwing random, you know, throws all over the place. Oh, yeah. It almost seemed like that. I don't think it was anything physically wrong. I just think he got a bit of the yips in that key situation. So that's not a good sign from a closer no. game. No, yeah. you know, and, and I can't imagine what the Yankees fans had to say on talk radio today, but I'm sure none of it was fun. Yeah. Uh, geez, I mean, quit what he said. He uh, – he had fam fam got on base, I think with a walk. Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, the next guy got on with a hit. And then I, there was a couple of hit by pitches, all this going on underneath him. It's like good gravy, man. But that's all it takes to topple a ninth inning. <laughs> Jonathan at uh, India's at bat was key to that. Oh, yeah. whole run. And I, I think you can see now why the Rays were aggressively pursuing him and why the Reds said no. He's one of those guys that steps up in big moments and, and he comes up with the big hits. Uh, he makes the plays and he lifts his team. I think if they could still get a hold of him somehow, they would. But I really don't think he's available. I think he's a cornerstone of what they're going to build next. So sadly, I think he remains a red. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, there's a reason he was the rookie of the year in the National League. Mm-hmm. And it, last night was part of that as well. I mean, what you see is him doing fielding as well as at the plate. So kudos to him. So it's, you know, it's crazy times. What can I say here in the AL East? But the Rays, the Rays, after, after getting, losing three games to the Reds, I am so sorry, Matt. I was in mourning for our team. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from the Reds, but uh, they pretty well take away their own thing. Their, their, their owners was about ready to say, well, do you want us to move? And people said, yeah, we're, we're ready to move. But I don't, and being a race fan, I've got some kind of sympathy for those fans and ownership. So yeah. I'm not going to go down that road. Let, let's, let's just talk about the raise that we have today. Looking at the lineup just last night, before we got started today, you and I were talking about who are the Rays? And, and I'm saying, okay, I'm, I'm saying, who's here last night? Okay, yeah, Yandy Diaz. Well, you know what's amazing? I look, I look at opening day, Yandy Diaz, he let off, let off in the lineup. You know. uh, opening day, we had Wanda Franco. Mm-mm, sorry, that's not happening for a while. And we can go into details on some of these guys in a moment. Her- I didn't realize Harold Ramirez was with us at the very at the opening day. Now, that surprised me. 
and Harold was one of my favorite ads actually. Uh, <clears throat> I thought he was a uh, an underrated uh, cost, you know, approved <laughs> addition to the lineup. And and since they couldn't afford to bring, you know, some of the bigger pieces that that were out there in free agency, I thought. I love the way he played the outfield. They haven't played him out there for some reason, so they must not. Uh, he runs the bases hard. He's a great teammate. He hits the ball hard. And I think now that the leash is off with the Rays, in terms of attacking the baseball, he's just showing his his skill you know, to the max. And I think he gets along really well with the guys. Francisco Mejia, um, uh, Wander Franco and him talk all the time. You can see them uh, you know, kind of joking around and I think he's a great addition. They're, they're all the guys that they've added, including Yu Chang um, and some of the other pieces. They're just great people in terms of additions. They're working hard. They're they're stepping in there and they're giving it their all. And really, uh, the Rays. If I if they had a logo for this year, I would I would take Mystique from the X Men. <laughs> they're just adapting to whatever situation they're given. A lot of times they look foolish. <laughs> especially in the base running aspect. But yeah. with all the curveballs they've been throwing this year, it's just incredible they're seven games over 500. I, I just – I shake my head sometimes at how lucky we are that they're there. And now we're about to get Brandon Lau back, which has changed the entire lineup significantly. Yeah, and let's talk about that for a moment. Brandon's been out for quite a bit. And mm-hmm. I know he was coming up in rehab the other day, and he got tagged right in the head. Right in the helmet, didn't he? I mean, bang. I mean, he was he was out for a couple more days. They said he's having headaches and such. I, I didn't hear that he'd been concussed, but I wouldn't be a bit surprised from from uh, some of the readings I was getting there. Yeah, concussions are no joke. Justin Morneau is an example of a guy who had ruined his career. Um, I know that uh, Bo Bichette has also struggled with them for, for the early part of his career. Uh, once you get them, especially if they're severe, they tend to nag you, especially in a, in a sport where you're swinging violently and missing often. So hopefully uh-huh. for him, it was a minor event and he can move on and, and certainly swung the bat well since. And he's been in there every day. So played his first nine uh, inning game today. And uh, unfortunately, over four. But but at least he made it through the game. And uh, I don't think he's injured <laughs> again. So we'll take it. And then the sooner we can get him in the lineup, the better. I look forward to that moment as well. It has been interesting, though, because of all the injuries. We've seen so many people come up. I mean, I, I was waiting for um, I was waiting for Franco, but I said, well, guess what? You know, Willie can't still be there if, if we're going to get Franco come up. And, and it was a good thing for Willie, and it was a good thing for the Rays. So mm-hmm. I was happy that that happened. And I've seen what we've seen Vidal Brujan come up and go down. We've seen Taylor Walls come up, down, up, down. I think he, he's still with us at the moment. Uh, and when – some of these guys come back, there's always going to be a change. Right now, let's go down the quick checklist here. If we start in the outfield, Margot's out, mm-hmm. Kiermaier's out. If we come into the infield, then, yeah, we got Brandon out. We got Wander out. And then we got Zanino out. That's, that's five guys I'm thinking of immediately. There may be somebody else. If I'm forgetting you guys, I'm sorry. But, bam, that's five main players. Yeah, those are your cornerstone guys. Remember <laughs> at the beginning of the season when we did uh... – in their interview, I said that, that there's three guys they couldn't miss long-term because it would hurt them, and it was Zanino, Lau, and Fran- Franco, and mm-hmm. they're missing all three. And to me, they can mitigate the outfield because they do have depth there that can they can plug in and, and address those issues. But in the middle of the infield and at the top of their lineup and power-wise in the lineup, 
until they got Paredes, which kind of solved a little bit of what, you know, Zanino brought to the table. I thought those three guys were key. Now, Betancourt coming in, um, I'm not sure he gets the highest of marks for how he runs pitching staff, but he also doesn't get a low mark. He's a good framer, good framer at the top of the zone, bottom of the zone. So to me, that's a key addition as well, because that's where the Rays love to work, unless you're talking about uh, Whistler and a couple of the other guys that are slider-centric. But I think he's a solid addition that can also give him some help at first base, etc. So they've done a good job at managing just to see until they get to the deadline what it is the team looks like and how aggressive they want to be at that point. To me, that is goodness. Like if you had a crystal ball and you tried to, I've been trying to work out scenarios and I have a million different ideas. I know all of them are wrong, but they are going to do something. And that's the key with the Chang and the, and the Betancourt moves is that they're tinkering enough that you know something's coming. Now, Chang is especially intriguing because it means, okay, if they're using him as a bench player and they're comfortable with that, it opens up the possibility of trading Vidal Brujan, which I know for a fact a lot of scouts and other teams are really high on. Yeah. So to me, he's the piece more than likely that's going to go. He doesn't really have a true spot on his team because Xavier Edwards is so much better hit tool-wise. He is going to rock Major League Baseball pitching. So if you know that, why would you hang on to Vidal? He's got, you know, he's your jam that you can trade at the deadline because the ceiling is so high. So, and you have other guys behind him, Carson Williams, Greg Jones, Alika Williams, which is doing really well now. He stepped that up a notch in the system. So you've got other pieces at shortstop that can mitigate, you know, any future holes that you may or may not have. Um, so Vidal Bruhan is, is one major piece I think you might see on the move this year. Well, you know, we, we get attached to a lot of these guys, but this is part of the business, like we were talking about earlier. And I know Bruhan will do well probably anywhere he goes. But, yeah, I, I can see him as being a, a piece, much like I was talking about Willie earlier. At some point, you just get fat at some positions. And that's great because if, if it's got great value, get something where you need it. And, you know, I'm, I want to go in a minute about uh, – one thing I want to talk briefly about Betancourt. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just bring you in here. Put you up, Corey Kluber. Go. <laughs> what a what a way to have to start, dude. I mean, you talk about building a field with a, a pitcher and with somebody who's experienced as Corey Kluber. I watched that last night. They were they were pretty well on it. Yeah, Christian Betancourt plays a lot of uh, winter ball with uh, uh, Francisco Mejia. They've played the last three winters together on the same team. Uh-huh. So I think. Together, they probably walked through a lot of that game plan and, and he was able to get all that information from Francisco and, and be a really solid presence back there. And I think that's part of why they targeted him. First of all, the, the price for Sean Murphy was probably astronomical yeah. uh, and, and they really need to help out the pen. So I think they're going to use their prospect capital for that instead of trying to uh, add at the catcher position. But Betancourt does a, a solid job. Like I said, he's a, he's still a top 35 framer, co- according to uh, Baseball Savant. So if you're in the top 30s, I mean, that's that's solid. You're That's yeah. playable. You can manage back there. You're not elite, but you're also, you know, a strong average, basically. Well, he's, he's versatile, too, while he's good there. Mm-hmm. I mean, even last night they put him out of first base, which I found interesting because 
the uh, the Red Sox put Vasquez out there at first base last night. So had two catchers at first base for each team. But yeah. first base seems to be a place where you kind of move people around anyway. Because what we had, we had Choi out there. Uh, who else was there last night? Man, I can't we think. Talk, of we should talk about Choi a little bit. His playing time really significantly reduced. And, and there's a lot of options on this team at first base. Um, I think it's possible he's on the move too, but it's also possible he's hurt and they're trying to mitigate that as much as possible. He's had knee issues over and over again and groin issues. So I think something is going on there. Like when you're pulling G-Man Choi in a key at bat situation, that says something to me because he's usually one of those guys you want in there. Yeah. Yeah. You saw somebody else pitch hit for pinch hit for him. And I'm thinking, what, but, you yeah. know, it, it's understandable with some of the difficulties he's experienced lately, but is you want to talk about who's some been shining and maybe not as much last night as he has for the last week or so. And that's Yandy Diaz. Oh, I mean, forever. what uh, he was like running a 500 average for about this month or something like that. And I know his on base percentage was higher than that as well. The man has just got the eye for the ball. He knows where it's going. Mm-hmm. He's proving me wrong. Because I had him as a trade chip earlier on this year. When we brought Isak Paredes in and we, we had Wander Franco and Brandon Lau, I was trying to fit him into the lineup. And I was just like, I, I don't see how it's going to work out long term. So I said he might be one of those trade pieces. But he's proving invaluable to the Rays right now. And they, we, we saw it in the playoffs against Oakland and other places. Like He's able to hit the best pitching out there. And honestly, in the playoffs, you want those guys. Those are the guys that you you trade for at the deadline and that'll help you out. So he's an example of what the race should be looking for in a trade market. Guys that can step up and get hits like that in the big moments. I can't remember the particulars on his trade, except it seemed like it involved three different teams. We gave up Jake Byers and mm-hmm. but we got him. It's like, oh, okay, who is this fellow? And you find out. You know, he he really did well. And talking about trades, I always was talking to some guy from the from the parts a few weeks back and said, well, you know, I want to thank you guests. Still. We really do appreciate that trade a few years back with Tyler Glass now and Auto Austin Meadows. And by the way, that gift is still giving because we just traded him for, was that Isak Paredes, I believe, from Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> so we, while Austin was coming, he's waning a bit, you know, from what he was able to do here. Uh, Paredes is certainly looking fantastic, man. Man, he's, he's one of those guys that if he reaches his full potential, the Rays are going to be scary because you're talking about between him and Wander that a similar combination to Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz. They have that kind of potential of anchoring that lineup for a long time and they're affordable. Like they're not reaching arbitration for years. So for the Rays, that's a luxury you can't measure. And then you, you consider two years down the line when Kyle Manzardo and Curtis Mead and all these other guys joined the fray. And they're legit power bats too. Like the raised lineup is going to be uh, a scary proposition for for the other ELE's teams. Uh, now that's not to say they don't have their own talents coming up as well. And like we see with with the raised prospects, some of them fall you know to the wayside. But if you look at the raised options at first base, because you know you have second base and shortstop solved, and then now third base with Paredes, you've got all these guys competing for the one spot. So competition breeds excellence, right? <laughs> so you want that in terms of your system. So I, I think it's it's awesome to see. And I think that's why in the drafts recently, you've seen the Rays concentrate on that first base power aspect. Well, 
you're right about the competitive nature of this. I mean, you've got to show it. You could, we, that's that old saying, it's you can get to the show, but it's hard to stay there. Yeah, and exactly. uh, uh, we're talking about first base, the young gentleman, was it Jonathan Aranda? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he's somebody, I think he's been up and down. He came up for a cup of coffee and went back down briefly. Right. So I, I don't know how long he may stay up with us. I'm sure once Brandon gets back, it's gonna everything's going to look a little different. He's a Yandy Diaz that can play second base. He'll get the hits. He can hit bad pitches. Uh, he protects the plate really well, extends at-bats, at uh, always puts in good at-bats. Uh, to me, he's he's somebody that that will have a lot of trade value if they lo- do look to trade him as well. But uh, I personally would keep him because, like I said, if you want guys like that in the playoffs, why trade them, right? The, those right. are the guys that will change your lineup. And I've watched him play now for the last two years. His D is not as bad as – some people might say, people used to say the same thing about Yandy Diaz when they traded for him. You say, ah, oh, he can't play D. That's why they gave him up. And look at him now. He plays third base. He's rock solid. Oh, so yeah. you just got to put in the work with him. And I think Jonathan Aranda has, what, five years of experience in the winter leagues and Mexican league. He's very solid. He barely ever makes errors. Now, that doesn't mean he has extended range, but he's a very, very, very solid player defensively and well above average in terms of hit tools. So why wouldn't you keep keep that around, right? I hope so. Like again, like I said, as, as much as I enjoy our, almost a traditional look of who the Rays were from last year, <laughs> to to see these young guys come up, man, it's exciting. And yeah. uh, like I said, Aranda, Betancourt, and you know Paredes, seeing these new faces out there and seeing what they're able to do, it, it's it is exciting. But then you look at somebody, <laughs> talk about Franco. God, I love you, but man, I really wonder what kind of if he's going to be like an Aaron judge, if he's going to wind up having injuries year after year after year. I think he's, yeah, that's a tough call. I mean, I'm not a doctor. (laughs) Yeah. You look at Fernando Tatis jr. He's learning the same lessons. Um, And Ronald Acuna jr. Had the same lessons. Um, Grady Sizemore is a guy I think back to that could have been, you know, a a perennial superstar for 10 years, but he used his body so much that he was done after a few. So, Luckily, Wander has said that he's learned, right? That he's learning. He's going through it and he's learning when to push and when not to push. I mean, we just saw Brett Phillips lay out the body for a catch, right? Like in some instances, you need to do that, right? But it has to be measured. And I think I knew something was wrong and I wouldn't be surprised. I can't prove it. I wouldn't be surprised if the handmade issue was an issue two months ago. The way he was swinging and the way he was looking at the bat and the lack of contact told me everything I needed to know. There was something wrong right. with with Wander. Now, why he didn't say anything? I mean, he's just a proud guy. He's a young rookie. He wants to perform. He just signed a big deal. And it, it just makes sense mentally. Like, But the Rays pride themselves on being extremely good at mental coaching. So they should have caught that well before the point they did, in my opinion. Like, they, If I can see it from sitting at home... <laughs> I mean, I know they want to trust what he's saying to them, but at some point somebody should have taken an X-ray and said, you know, let's take a look and see what's going on in there uh, or an MRI, whatever. So, yeah, uh, hopefully, I don't think it's going to be a perennial issue. Hopefully he can come back this year and be ready for the playoffs if they make it in and uh, and really, you know, step the, the lineup up a notch and, and show what he can do. He, he was awesome in the playoffs last year in a short little three-game set, so... Yeah, well, I hope they have him back soon. And like you said, I I hope that these teams look closer 
it, 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 some of these young men are proud and they have something to prove and to achieve and mm -hmm. they need some guidance, like you're saying. So I hope that he and the others get that from the Rays and the same with the other teams as well with their players. Okay, man. Can't help but ask you about this, the pitching. Okay. I know McClanahan's taking the mound tonight. And then you get to the you get to the bullpen. I know I'm going all over the place. And I'm saying, where's my Nick Anderson? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I wish he was there. There's there's who do you see? What tell me a little bit about pitching. So starting pitching wise, I think it's a blessing in disguise that Jeffrey Springs is on the IL. And I think it's almost planned. Like it, it's one of those, like, does your back hurt? No, no, really. Does it hurt? <laughs> Yeah. Because his innings were going, yeah. you know, way high. Oh, yeah. um, and, and he's elite. So if let's assume he's ready for the playoffs and you've got McClanahan, that's great, except if you face the Red Sox. They light up left-handed pitching like nobody else in the, in the league. So that's an issue. Uh, when you look at the right-handed side, I mean, we saw what Drew Rasmussen did against the Red Sox last year. And, and then yeah. you have Luis Patino, who's kind of a wild card. And Shane Boz, who's a wild card, but the steadying factor is Corey Kluber. So, in my opinion, it lies in Corey's hand. If they can keep him healthy like they have for the first half, they'll be solid. They'll they'll give it a good go, and and I think they'll find at least one high leverage reliever on the market before the deadline. I wouldn't be surprised if they get two. Uh, one of them that probably we don't see as a high leverage reliever, but that they turn into one eventually. Right. Uh, and then uh, I think that Calvin Fauché is going to step up into a bigger role as the season goes on. He's the guy that I think can be that stop, you know, if, if things are getting out of hand, you need big outs, they'll bring him in before uh, bringing up the other guys. Now, Pete Fairbanks is hitting 99 in, in AAA, and, and he's not looking elite again yet, but he's getting there. He, he's looking healthy. The ball's coming out well. Um, there's just something he's working on, I think, working through. And once he comes up, if he's healthy, I think he's going to be another huge addition to the pen, obviously. But they have some other guys that are coming up on rehab assignments that are just constant, you know, question marks. So you have Nick Anderson, you have Cody Reed, you have Yanni Chirinos. Those three are going through rehab assignments right now. If any of them come up, I mean, Yanni Chirinos in a two-inning stint, he would be elite. That sinker would just drive people nuts. He'd be basically your renewed Andrew Kittredge type, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I could see him stepping up into that kind of role, like being a stopgap you know, guy in the pen as well. So they have options. It's just hard to paint that picture of exactly what it's going to look like. And I don't think they know, to be quite honest. They're just trying to add assets and to work and find – what they might want to keep after the deadline. Because after the deadline, you got what you got, and you roll with it. Well, you know, last year, the Braves probably did just about as well as anybody as far as putting together a team, you know, to win the World Series. Right. And that was amazing. And, of course, they basically they rented those guys because mm -hmm. two or three of them at least, they didn't keep them. Uh, you're, you're looking at us right now, and here we are, middle of the season, basically what probably our biggest need is in the bullpen? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Because yeah. I expect Manuel Margot to come back before the end of the season. So if you look at the outfield with that fact, I don't expect KK to come back. But if I'm using K uh, Margot, Ar Ar Rosarena, 
uh, and and another piece in the outfield, I can work it. I can I can manage. I can get production out of that. And I'm hoping Josh Lowe can actually break through and 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 produce yeah. the way I know he can. Right. I know he's never going to be a 340 hitter, but he he should be a 250 to 270 guy that's producing at a high rate. So if they are able to you know add a, maybe a, a fourth outfielder that makes sense, that that would also be a need you could say. But to me, they have to get one, you know, high leverage guy that they can count on, sort of like what they did with Nick Anderson. Give up that big prospect, go get the best reliever on the market, and shut it down. To me, Alexis Diaz is an example of that. We just saw him with the Reds. He's a shutdown guy that they could go yeah. and get. He probably wouldn't cost as much as what Nick Anderson cost. Still would cost a significant amount, but he would be that piece that you're adding. Now, he's just come off the IL for some health issues. So that makes that a little hard, but there, there's other guys that you can you know look at and they're going to be aggressive on that because I think it's one of the few weaknesses. First base is covered. Second base, if Brendan Lau is coming back healthy, you don't have to worry about, and you've got the depth in the system and Xavier Edwards and other guys, if you have to call on it. So I, I think that's, that's the big hole that, you know, really high leverage. If they can add one elite right fielder, let's say, Sure, I, I think they'll do it, but but it would have to be the right fit. They're not going to break apart the team to do it, yeah. um, and and I don't think guys like Juan Soto and that are available. So the the wild card I threw out there on Twitter recently, and you're going to love this, because I don't think they can afford him. If they if the Angels kept him, they would have three guys eating up or over 120 million next after 2023. So that's Shohei Otani, right? If the Rays could trade for Shohei Otani, he would be that piece in the lineup that would elevate them to a new level and be that presence on both sides of the ball, really. And he would be more than happy to make the playoffs for the first time. Yeah, and, you, you know, know I, I look at him and I look at the Marlins with Sandy Alcantara down there, and I'm like, guys, I know it'd be one, it'd be wonderful if you had a team that could take you a couple, couple more than where you're at right now, right. Uh, but yeah, you know, show a boy, that would be amazing. And yeah, you know, who, who could, I don't, I don't want to go down that road, but who can believe what happens with the A's? It's like, good gravy. You got such a team. I know you got a tough, uh, a tough division you're in, but uh, again, I'm not going to go down that road. I'll come back. <laughs> yeah, all good. Uh, talking a little bit more about some of the things you post on Twitter, remind folks what your, your handle is there. It's at M A T underscore G E R. M-A-I-N underscore. Matt, i tell you what, you've done a lot as far as talking about and giving us some insight on, on the farm and who's coming up. Mm-hmm. And today I know you were celebrating some of the awards uh, for the minor leagues. Can you share a little more about that? Yeah, so basically the, the Rays uh, system is, is just eating up. You have uh, Willie uh, Vasquez, um, uh Kyle Manzardo, uh, Taj Bradley, Bradley, all getting awards for the the pit the the players of the the month, basically for their their own levels. So you're you're seeing the Rays system basically shine at every level where they play, um, and it's one of those things that you can talk about having good systems all you want, and you can you know make rankings and say this guy's better than this guy, but when you're getting recognized as the best player for a league you know, in, in a month, that's a significant amount of time. And when, when your whole organization is able to build that all the way through the system, uh, it, it shows a lot of, of, uh, of ammunition, basically. 
Willie Vasquez especially is is a guy. Him and O'Neill Manzuera, and they're just lighting up uh, pitchers. And and over the last month, basically, he's carried the, that lineup to insane level. He's hitting over 500, I think, for the month. He's just one of those guys that's uh, that was highly ranked and, and fizzled a lot coming out of the gates. And you thought, oh no, here's another Adrian Rondon style, you know, issue and because Baseball America had him 10th. And I looked at what he did the first two months, and I was like, really, 10th? Like, how, how is this happening? But again, it, prospects have those growing, you know, spurts. Basically, they have to go through. Things are changing. So he's adapted, and I'm really happy for him. Now, Carl Manzardo, his bat is elite enough that you could see him finishing a year in AAA and vying for a first base position next year. Now, that makes it interesting because you're looking at Curtis Mead and you're saying, well, how do you fit in the lineup if, if you know, Isak Paredes and yet. So we talked about like this year being a period of transition because of all the young guys have been forced to use because of injuries. Yeah. It might not change next year. There might be growth spurts again, like because of the way that the system is churning all these great bats out. You could come up with basically a million different examples of lineups. Now, Taj Bradley is another one of those award winners. Shane Boz was basically promoted after the, the All-Star break last year, and, and he ended up being on the team in the playoffs. Taj Bradley has that potential, basically, to be that same kind of guy called on. So you're asking again, you know, which arm they could call on. He's one of those. You know, why not use him out of the pen in the playoff run? If, if you know, because the Rays are in that position now where they've said it, we're going to go with stuff over experience. That's their stance basically on, on talent. So if Taj Bradley is showing that he has the stuff to get guys out and he's in AAA doing it for, let's say, the month of August and a bit of September, they won't hesitate to call him up and, and use him before September so he can be a part of the playoff team. I would really look forward to seeing that talent on the mound up there at the drop. I mean, the thing of it is, too, is he's he's going to be new to people. <laughs> there won't be as much study on everything he's done in, at the uh, MLB level. I mean, obviously there is what he's achieving already in the minors, but that sounds like an exciting time of bringing Taj Bradley up. Mm-hmm. Wow, 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 wow. All right, man, we're, we're looking here. We're looking at the AL East, and, mm-hmm. yeah, we're, we're going to have maybe just one team that doesn't make it to the playoffs, <laughs> and uh-huh. it may not be the Orioles. <laughs> So I don't know. Oh gosh, I mean, right now it's what the Orioles are. Uh, they're two games behind the Blue Jays. Uh, is that right? Yeah, I think so. Where? How do you think the Blue Jays react to Montoyo firing? Do you think uh, it improves their performance, or do you think they actually produce less afterwards? I think it's going to be less, at least for a while. I think for at least for a few weeks. I, I, I mean, I don't sit in that dugout. I don't sit in that clubhouse unless there's some sort of stigma with him, if there's something that that's a negativity. And if he is that good buddy, instead of a, a great manager, mm. it's, you know, there's going to be a loss, a personal loss that somebody feels with that emptiness when he's, he's not there. He, maybe he's the guy they, they leaned on. Mm. I think, that, I think it's going to make a, a negative impact. I really do. And I hope for him and all those young men that they all bounce back. But, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to see I, – I can see their next 10 games being maybe lucky to get uh, four and six. Right. I'm I, in I don't the know. Boat. I think that they're going to beat themselves up over not having done well enough to keep them around. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. But, you know, athletes are 
weird species. Sometimes they just, you know, it unleashes something, some anger. Some people play better angry, so you never know. The the Blue Jays issue all year, and it was even in the preseason, I told everybody, they do not have the depth to compete for a full season. They don't. They absolutely don't. And I saw the Ryu thing coming. If you looked at his Korea innings on top of what he's done in MLB, um, and, and same with Kikuchi, I mean, it's just insane that they banked so much on those guys uh, and didn't back them up with guys in AAA. They could, there was a, a good God, a couple of dozens of, uh, of veterans they could have picked up and, and had in AAA ready to go. Look at the Rangers with Martin Perez. Like, why don't they trade for Martin Perez and Cole Calhoun? Those would be two perfect pieces for the Jays, in my opinion. It would deepen the rotation, it would solidify their outfield. Lourdes Goriel is terrible fielder in that field. He's just, I mean, I don't know what he's doing half the time, but trade him to the Astros. Go get a reliever, you know, put him with his brother. <laughs> but uh, yeah. We'll you know, see. I, I think that is, I think Montoyo is a victim of the front office. Yeah. By that, I mean, obviously they make the decision that, but it's like a lot of times what happens on the field is really dependent upon who you're bringing in, who you're keeping, who right. you're nurturing, who you're bringing up. And the manager doesn't get to make all those decisions. So, yeah. uh, anyway, well, we wish him well. The Orioles. We, 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 are they making the playoffs? It could be. <laughs> we had a, a pitcher and a reliever, right? Have <laughs> the lineup to compete. So, oh. I would love to see the Orioles and, and the Rays make it to the playoffs. Oh, man, so and the cool. Red Sox and Jays not. That would just be... That would be my – I would have a big banana split at the end of the season and just just laugh. <laughs> oh, that, that would be rich. Uh, I don't know, man. You know, they're on run right now. I know some of the teams are questionable. It's, it's a great uh, – a lot of great things going on right now. Exciting time for the ALEs and certainly for the Rays. It's a very interesting time seeing all this young talent. Uh, what do you see for the rest of the season? Do you see us uh, elevating up to staying at the top? I should say number two position with the Yankees. Yes, because I, I believe the front office will make the moves necessary to keep the Rays playing at a high level. I think Brendan Lau returning to the lineup is going to be huge. Yeah. Like it's going to be the lift. Like I think of him and Paredes basically anchoring the, you know, the, the two and three hole with Yandy Diaz at that leadoff. And I think we can score some runs. And then Manuel Margot returns at some point, and then you're, you know, you're on your way. So I think the extra playing time for guys like Francisco Mejia is going to benefit this team. Uh, his bat is special enough that he can elevate the lineup as well. Tyler Glass now returning is going to be a huge boost to this team. Um, so there are enough pieces returning that you're just intrigued about what it could look like by the end, right? Like, Oh, I, I hope we do see relieving in two innings in the sixth and seventh. Like you're the other team. You're like, come on, what, what is this? What am I supposed to do? Oh, my. You know? oh, oh man. Well, it's fun to be a race fan right now. So I, again, I appreciate the time you take to dig deep into what's going on, especially what's going on with the minor leagues with the race. And well, thank you again here to, for joining us on baseball biz. Are there any other nuggets that we should, we should be uh, top of mind that we should be considering right now? Uh, no, just basically watching uh, the promotions and, and waiting for Xavier Edwards to be added to the 40-man roster because I think 
he's the next one coming on. He's going to be rule five at the end of the year. So I think there's a very good chance he's added on before September 1st. We'll see. All right. Well, boys and girls, keep your ears open and your eyes on the game because we're having a great time this season with as fans of the race. We're hoping you're all uh, enjoying it as well. Can't wait to go watch, see uh, what Mr. McClanahan's doing right now on the mound. <laughs> it should be fun. Matt, thank you once again for joining us here on Baseball Biz. And, brother, it's always a great time talking with you. Awesome. Love to be in. All right, brother. Well, you take care, and we'll get together again real soon. Absolutely. Anytime. That was Matt Germain, a good friend of the Baseball Biz Show. Matt's a, a great analyst on everything happening with the Tampa Bay Rays and what's emerging from their minor leagues. And you should follow him on Twitter. You can find Matt at Matt underscore Germain underscore. And again, that's at Matt underscore Germain underscore. That's M-A-T underscore G-E-R-M-A-I-N underscore on Twitter. And you can find Baseball Biz at The Baseball Biz on Twitter as well. You can find Baseball Biz here and on basically every other podcast directory, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and a bunch of others I'm forgetting. So thank you again for joining us this week. And like us, love us, subscribe to us, and we'll talk again real soon. Special thanks to XTakeRUX for the music rocking forward. Come on! What is this? What am I supposed to do? Oh, my. <laughs>